Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Venkat Matella. He's with Red Pine Signals. They're a uh, fabulous semiconductor uh, wireless system solutions provider, and uh, I brought him on the show today to talk about the whole aspect of uh, Internet of Things and wireless tagging and RFID and some of the challenges and some of the solutions that are available in the industry. So, hi, Venkat. Welcome to the show. Hi. Good morning, Alex. Glad to be here. Oh, we're glad to have you here. We're glad to have you here because, well, the whole aspect of the Internet of Things is not just a command and control. It's not just an energy efficiency. It's a whole gestalt about how the literally the future is going to work. But it's more than just simply having the structure. The infrastructure has got to be there. You've got to know what the systems, what, what components are out there. They have to be able to identify and recognize one another. There are a lot of aspects to this whole mess, isn't it? Yes, it's very much true. And also in terms of uh, uh, power-wise, most of the assumption is made in the industry where, you know, some silicon geometry is going to contribute to the power. All that is true, but when you look, when you look at the wireless systems, the environment plays a significant role and the type of protocol we select makes it takes a significant uh, impact on the overall power dissipation or energy consumption. Exactly. And that is the approach we have been... taken in this. No, please go ahead. That is the approach we have taken in creating a uh, 5 gigahertz uh, devices and uh, claiming that it is a lower energy consumption solution compared to a 2.4 gigahertz solution. It's a very uh, interesting uh, uh, what I would say is a finding that is uh, everybody knows as an electrical engineer a 2.4 gigahertz circuit is a lower energy consumption compared to 5 gigahertz but we claim exactly the other way. The reason for that is when you put a protocol like Wi-Fi on top of a, a circuit, 5 gigahertz circuit and then you put an application on top of the protocol like Wi-Fi we should not compare at the circuit level. We should not compare it to 5 gigahertz circuit versus 2.4 gigahertz circuit. We should compare it what exactly the application you're running and what protocol mm. it's running on. When you look at that in Wi-Fi, the protocol says that look for a clear channel and transmit. But clear channels are not available in 2.4. Because clear channel is not available, you will be uh, going around finding the waiting for the clear channel. During that time, you'll be uh, consuming more energy. Whereas in 5 gigahertz, you have a lot more clear channels, so you get the channel faster, you transmit faster and shut down. So 5 gigahertz is going to be always lower energy compared to 2.4. It's a totally different way of looking at things, and that's what we are doing. Well, if I may jump in, if I may jump in there, Venkat, so basically what you're saying is, is that the first consideration may be the circuit, but then when you look at allocation and the actual marketplace that the technology is being implemented, the usage model is actually dictating the power consumption. It's 100%. This is a highly overlooked uh, subject because all the engineers, I'm also an engineer. It's true. In the engineering level, if you look at it, it's different, but that's not going to decide your energy consumption. Right, right, right. Well, it's like, for example, making a, a hyper-streamlined vehicle for an environment where you're not going to be going over 20 miles an hour. Yeah, absolutely. And also, if you look at, uh, uh, depends on the number of people around you, what kind of wireless they're using and uh, how many people are around, all that decides your energy consumption in a device. It's not so much in terms of what your device is made out of. It has very little impact. It's a very, to it's mm -hmm. a totally a different way of looking at things in wireless. If it is wide, the world is different. 
Well, and, and I mean, not only that, if you really think about the wireless situation, you could have a system, you could have identical systems or on paper identical systems and a small mismatch between the antenna and the transmitter or some other aspect to the deployment of the system can significantly impact the efficiency of the system. So just simply choosing the components or simply choosing the band may not necessarily be the most economical solution. Absolutely. I'll give you one example, Alex. It will be very uh, clear with this example. For example, you have two wireless solutions. One wireless solution, we say it is a lesser performance solution. Other one is a higher performance. Let's have these two wireless solutions. The higher mm -hmm. performance wireless solution will work in a very uh, difficult scenario. That means a very impaired RF environment scenario. It is going to work at a higher performance. That means a 54 Mbps, let's say. The other one works at mm -hmm. 11 Mbps. The one that works at 54 Mbps will consume less energy because you'll transmit quickly and shut down. Whereas the one which is working at lower performance will take longer time to transmit, that means more energy is dissipated. So this is exactly uh, counterintuitive compared to a microprocessor world where higher performance means high power, lower performance means low power. Whereas in wireless, exactly the reverse. Well, if again, Venkat, if I may, I would say that that's a direct example of the aspect of software in the system and the fact that it's not a static system. So it's one thing to say, yes, you know, this chip and this circuit and this is going to give me X efficiency, but then when you go into, into reality, it has a lot more to do, as you were saying, with mission and task, because if I have a low-power device with a small bandwidth, it might take me longer to transmit that same data than if I had a fatter pipe, as you were pointing out. Yes, so absolutely. So the fatter pipe in the long run may be much more economical because it allows the device to operate in a much shorter duty cycle. Yes, absolutely. And that's exactly the one we will exploit uh, in terms of reducing the energy for a given task. And that's exactly what we have done with our uh, dual band Wi-Fi tag. Everybody would question, why would you want to keep a very high performance wireless in a tag? Simply because I want to do things faster so that there will be lower energy. Right. Well, tell me more about your uh, company's product then. Well, you know, we, have, we make ultra-low-power wireless chipset, whether it's a Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, LE, and a Zigbee. But in this particular product that we, are, uh, we announced a few weeks ago, it is a dual-band RTLS tag along with the Bluetooth LE. And we noticed that uh, in the dual-band scenario, the energy consumption was much, much less compared to the single-band. Again, it's a counterintuitive, but that's what uh, happens in the Wi-Fi systems because when you mm -hmm. try to wait for a, a clear channel, you'll be waiting for a longer time in a 2.4 gigahertz compared to a 5 gigahertz. And based on that, we have used the most advanced Wi-Fi technology to be used in a device which sends very little data. It's, you know, everybody would question, why would you use the very high performance uh, system or connectivity technology to transmit a small amount of data? In fact, you should exactly use the highest performance there because it will be lower energy. And that's what we have done with our uh, dual-band RTLS tag, which is uh, CCX certified, and our partner likes it. You know, we work closely with uh, uh, Cisco on that, if you look at our press release. And uh, based on that one, we have implemented CCX compatibility and uh, for enterprise application. At the same time, getting ultra-low power efficiency compared to anything that exists outside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, uh, obviously, it's going to take a bit of education to get engineers to appreciate 
the solution, what kind of support are there? Other um, evaluation kits? What kind of are there ways that someone can uh, better understand what you're doing in an easy fashion? Well, absolutely. For example, any customer who are going to deploy a uh, dual band solution or a Wi-Fi RTLS systems, they would get our, uh, you know, we have an SDK kits. But just to give this, uh, explain this concept, even if you take your, uh, you know, any smartphone, and you right now today, if you operate in 2.4 gigahertz versus 5 gigahertz, you go to a particular uh, trade show or anywhere, you put it in 5 gigahertz, your battery life will be for longer. That simply shows that it is a lot, lot more uh, energy efficient, a 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi compared to a 2.4. It's counterintuitive, but that's how the physics works. Nobody is looking at the system level. Everybody looking at a 2.4 gigahertz chip versus 5 gigahertz chip. If you look at the chip level, sure, 5 gigahertz will be always looking like a, you know, uh, consuming more energy because the power amplifier is you know, it's going to take a lot more energy and compared to the 2.4. But you should look at always the real job done and look at how much of the energy consumed. Right, right. Well, you know, Venkat, that's one of the things that uh, I've stressed in in recent years is today's designers have to be high-level systems integrators. You really can't be too focused on the subsystem anymore because the performance of the entire system can have impact beyond what you even can foresee. I mean, nowadays you've got people who are software engineers who consider them, themselves power experts just because of the importance of duty cycle and network timing and system hierarchies have on system efficiency. Absolutely. And uh, just to confirm this, uh, Alex, in 2007, we created a 130 nanometer 11 inch chip in 2007. That was orders of magnitude lower power than competing 65 nanometer uh, Wi-Fi chip. So it's nothing to do with mm -hmm. the silicon geometry. Silicon geometry has its own role, but that's so small compared to the everything else that happens in the entire system. It absolutely has. If you run something at 1.8 you know, volts versus 3.3 volts, obviously 1.8 volts is lower energy. That's all obvious. But that is mm -hmm. so small compared to the bigger picture, we should not focus on that one. Silicon geometry, voltage, all those things are obvious things. Everybody knows we know that there will be lower energy. But that is so small compared to the bigger system, it is almost it's not relevant. Exactly, exactly. You wind up, uh, perfect winds up being the enemy of good. And in reality, <laughs> the good performance gets the most efficiency over the long run. Sure. In fact, we are pretty no. happy to be on the, you know, not so uh, called the uh, very aggressive silicon node, but we always beat the most state of the art in terms of the energy consumption, any scenario. As far as we are looking at the system level. But as if you look at only at the circuit level by putting a cable comparing for a particular metric, obviously the device which is implemented in 40 nanometer or 28 nanometer would look like a uh, better scenario. But real life, you don't put cables. Real life, you work in a real system, real phone. Your Wi-Fi is there in real phone, real environment. And, exact, and that's the real uh, situation. Well, as they say, no plan survives uh, contact with reality, and the bottom line is is that all of these devices, especially when you think about the Internet of Things, are all going to be working together in a larger system, and we're still trying to sort out how all of that works. Sure. And also we did spend some good amount of time because we have been doing this since 2008, and we are also still learning on a daily basis, but uh, we basically figured out that the uh, system is playing a significant role uh, in these critical metrics than the component level. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Agreed completely. You're absolutely right there, Venkat. Um, and I'm really glad to see that uh, there are some companies out there who are delivering solutions and products that address the philosophies that they express because you see a lot of companies that have philosophies and sometimes they're manifested in product and often they're usually just wishful thinking. So it's good to see someone actually implementing the philosophies into a, man, into a tangible product that the uh, industry can access. Sure. Thanks. So do you have any uh, final thoughts for our audience, Venkat, before we close out the episode? Well, I think you know, I'm very glad to be on the show, and uh, we have some more uh, very exciting uh, innovations we did on the uh, energy harvesting, but with the same concept of uh, you know, looking at the system level, and you would also see some more products coming out of us uh, very soon. Excellent. And uh, what's your website? With red, redpinesignals.com, www.redpinesignals.com. Excellent. Well, hey, Venkat, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. We're all trying to figure out solutions for the Internet of Things, so every solution that's out there is another uh, arrow in the quiver of the engineer. Sure. Thanks, Alex. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Oh, pleasure is mine. And I'd like to thank the audience out there for taking the time to listen to us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul on Power. Have a great day. <laughs>